Good morning, good afternoon later on online to everybody online, to everybody here. It's great to be here. I am more than excited as usual to give you this message. I have nine minutes and 49 seconds to land this ship. And it's worth it. We have to appreciate our pastors and uh, there's no one in this world that we should love more than our pastors for all that they do for us. So let's dive into this message today. It's from Philippians 3, verses 1 to 11. And here's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about rejoicing in the resurrection. For those of you who have never heard the gospel message, you're going to hear it today. For those of you who have heard it a thousand times and a thousand more times, well, you're going to hear it again today. The message needs to be clear. Jesus walked out of that grave, and he walked out of it for each one of you. He's alive, and you're alive in him. So this is a great message for all, for the new in Christ, for those who don't believe, for those who have believed 60, 70, or more years. This message is for each and every one of us. It's a time to look to the resurrection. It's a time to look to that borrowed tomb and understand that's exactly what it was. He walked out of that borrowed tomb and he walked out of it for each one of you so that you could live an everlasting life. Is there anything in life you would rather know than that? You have an eternal life. It's in Christ, in Christ alone. You can believe or you cannot believe. I choose to believe. I choose Jesus above all else, and I hope you do too. So we're in Philippians. I think all of you know this is a letter written to the church of Philippi by Paul. Where is he writing it from? A prison. And prisons are not nice places. I've been in prison and jails all over this state hundreds and hundreds of times. Don't think Paul was in a prison like we have today. Paul was in a prison where he is chained, he is in dirt, he has no resources, he is in pain. It is just utter squalor for this poor man. He is weak. And here's what he says as he sits in prison and writes this letter, by the way, as, as Pastor Mark pointed out last week, for you. These words live today. Here's what he says. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has been, become clear throughout the whole palace guard into everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Wow. He's in prison. He has circumstances which are beyond all belief in terms of the pain, the agony, the utter deprivation he is in. And all he has to say is, I'm in these chains for Christ. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to teach. I'm ready to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do in life. If we're in certain chains, chains of sin, chains of addiction, chains of disease, 
We need to rejoice in that somehow. And we've all been there, right? We've all been in those times. Maybe it's a, a diagnosis. I've certainly had one in my life that shook me. I was in the chains of cancer. Many of you have been in that. Many of you have had other chains that you were in. And is your reaction to say, I am in these chains for the cause of Christ? That's Paul. So let's talk about Paul, though, because Paul was a Pharisee. Paul's prior life, and we all have a prior life before Jesus, was he was part of the religious elite. He was a chief persecutor of the church of Christ. A bad, bad dude. He was not a nice man. He had it all, but he was persecuting people like me, people like you. And what happens to him once he meets Jesus on that road to Damascus? He goes from persecuting Christ to preaching and teaching the gospel of Christ. He goes from destruction of the faith to salvation of the faith. He comes from the depths of religion and goes to the heights of worship, a complete change. From the chaos of the world, and this world right now is pretty chaotic, Paul comes out of that. He's blind in that world of chaos, and he comes into the peace of Christ, where guess what he has back? His sight. He comes from the bondage of hate to the freedom of love. That's Paul. And guess what? He had a certain journey, and each one of you have a journey of faith that you're on. If you don't believe, you're on a journey because you're going to meet Christ someday. You will get to know him like Paul got to know him. If you already believe, you're walking now. What's your attitude from last week, right? You're working out your salvation as God works in you. Hopefully your attitude last week and this week is, I'm going to shine that light I have in me. I'm going I'm to show this world what Jesus is all about. That's Paul's journey of faith. So here's the question for today. It's a really simple one. Sounds a little Shakespearean, but the question is to believe or not to believe? That's the question of our life. Paul, as he sits in prison, he writes these words and they open up chapter 3. Again, he's in prison. Not a great place to be. He's chained. He's in dirt. He has nothing. And here's what he says. He opens the chapter. This is chapter 3, verse 1. Here's what he says. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. No matter what your circumstance is right now, and I can't speak to it, no matter what your circumstance is, Paul says, hey, you, hey, you, hey, you, rejoice in the Lord. And then he goes to chapter 4, and you see the theme. Verse 1, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. 
Any of you getting the message? Yeah. Rejoice, people. You have so much to rejoice for in your life, no matter what the trials of life are bringing to you. Rejoice. Well, why rejoice? Well, here's what Paul says. Why? The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know what the result of your rejoicing is? The cause and effect is really simple. The result is you have the peace of God. So when you're in these situations, people aren't going to understand why you're rejoicing. They're going to think this person should be completely devastated at this point with what they're dealing with. No, no, no. Rejoice. 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 Let them see that attitude. Let them see that walk. And they will understand the peace that you have. So number one today, when you go home, just rejoice. If you walk into your house and the dog has torn your couch apart and the house is just a mess, just walk in there and say, I'm rejoicing in this. I know I have to clean it up, but I'm going to rejoice in it. If you go up into that parking lot and your car won't start, rejoice. Start singing praises, right? Pull a Pastor Richie out there, right? And praise the Lord. Rejoice. And then I want to talk and, and really uh, talk in a direct way. Remember Paul. And I'm going to describe Paul to you in his own words right now. Here's what Paul says about himself. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in their flesh. I have more, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. That's Paul. He is worldly. He's a Pharisee. He can't stand the cause of Christ. He is persecuting the church. And then he meets Jesus and he says this, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. So all, that, all the material wealth he had, everything he was doing as a Pharisee, a leader, all that materialism, all that power, all that influence, you know what he thinks it was? Garbage. Throw it out at the sidewalk if it's in your life. This world can create a lot of garbage in us. And it's time to throw it out, just like Paul did. He goes on, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. 
How many of you want to be like Christ? I would love to be like Christ. Am I successful every day in being like Christ? I'm not. I don't know about you. But that's the goal we seek to obtain. And it's all rooted in the resurrection of Christ. As I said before, he walked out of that grave for you. And in the resurrection, you can walk just like him. That's exactly what Paul is saying. He had this spiritual rebirth through Christ. And sometimes I think we get wrapped up in the crucifixion. And we have to, we have to stand at that cross. We do. But that's not the end of the story. He walked out of that tomb three days later. He is alive. Amen. You are alive in him. This is the message for today. And I'm going to close with this. God's son, Jesus Christ, came to this earth as God in human form. He walked among us. He had a ministry. He healed. He performed miracles. He preached the agape love that Pastor Mark has talked about to the people, to the world. And you know what the world did? They rejected him. They crucified him. But oh, how the times changed when he walked out of that borrowed tomb. He was the ultimate sacrifice for us. As it says in John 1.29, and this is John the Baptist crying out, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He died for you. Guess what? He lives for you. If you don't think he's here today, you are so mistaken. Did you just experience that worship? That is the spirit of Jesus pouring down upon you as we praise up. That is God speaking to each one of you. The gospel message, the ultimate sacrifice, is that Christ died and he was resurrected for each and every one of you. Whether you believe or you don't believe, that is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the resurrected God who lives to intervene and to advocate for you before the Father. Our salvation, your salvation is not rooted in what you're doing in this world. It's not rooted in your works. It is rooted in your belief in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. To believe or not to believe. God gives us a free will. It's our choice. And I ask you this. I can believe and have eternal life. Or I cannot believe and not have eternal life. What's so difficult about the choice? But we want to intellectualize it. We want to rationalize it. We don't want to take it to heart. It took me 35 years to answer that question the right way. So 
We all struggle with it. As Paul says, I want to know Christ. And please understand where he's saying that from, where he's writing this epistle from. In dirt, in grime, in chains. And that's us. As I said before, it's time to tear off the chains. That certainly happened for Paul. He walked out of that prison, believe me. There's eternal life in this resurrection. So as you think about the cross, as you go to the cross, I'd say run from it and run to that borrowed tomb. Run to your Savior who came out of that grave, who came out of that grave for you. And now the application. We're all in this world. And does anyone watch the news? I'm starting to try to not watch the news at this point. But we're in this world. And we have blessings. We have a wonderful life. But all you have to do is look around you in your community. The world is the world. Here's what the Bible says about the world in Galatians. The world chases after immorality, hatred, discord, jealousy, dissension, division, and envy, and a whole host of other things. Doesn't sound like a great life. Even if you're blessed with great wealth, you've got homes, you got boats, you got fancy cars, but you're living in that. How happy are you? How happy are some of these people on reality TV? I'd encourage you not to watch that, by the way. It's not really reality. How happy are they? They're mired in that. And then here's what the followers of Christ have. They have the fruit of the Spirit that we've talked a lot about, right? Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, patience, and then what? Faithfulness. That resurrection causes you to walk out your faith. So walk it out. Take the encouragement from Pastor Mark last week. As you're walking out your faith, Christ is working in you. He is with you. He's walking with you. He's talking with you. That's what we are as believers. So this world and all of its, to quote Paul, garbage, it's not for you. Take it to waste management and get it out of your life. That's what Paul did. And if you're sitting here today and you don't believe, and I have friends like this, I'll invite them to, I can't go to church. The, the, the church would just implode if I ever walked in there. Oh, no, no, no. You are not close to what Paul was. Don't ever believe that you're not good enough for Christ because Christ doesn't see those blemishes. He, he went to the cross so you would be washed white as snow. All the sin, all the wrongs, all the mistakes in his eyes, he doesn't see them in you. He didn't see them in Paul. And Paul was persecuting him. And then Paul is writing these godly, beautiful epistles for you. So read them and take them in. The choice is ours, people. It's time to, to run to Jesus Christ, especially in this world. Let's pray. Jesus, 
May we all be rooted firmly in your eternal life-giving resurrection. May we rejoice in our salvation. May we, may we run to that peace that passes all understanding. You are the way for all of us. Thank you, Lord, for running out of that grave. May we all walk in your light in this world as we work out our salvation. And if you're here today and you have not made that choice to believe, today I believe is the day of your salvation. So I pray this to Jesus. Jesus, whether it's 1, 10, 20, I pray that this message from Paul, not from me, from your words through Paul have pierced their hearts. And they answer that question, to believe or not to believe today, and they say, I believe. So keep your heads bowed and pray. And I just, I'm not going to call on you. I'm not going not gonna to in any way embarrass you or anything. I'm just going to acknowledge you and, and pray for you. If you finally come to that point today where you say, I believe, Jesus. I believe that you died on that cross for me and you were resurrected in the third day. I believe that you give me eternal life. I'm going to look up now and just look out. Raise your hand up if you believe today for the first time. Don't be shy about it. Again, I'm not going to call you out. Just pick that hand up and I'll acknowledge and pray for that hand, even if it's just one. Anybody. I believe today. And for those of you who have believed, I pray right now that as you're sitting there and we're about to worship, you all rise up and celebrate that belief, that faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.